have a privilege of introducing tonight's speaker. Uh, this is someone that's very, very, very dear and precious to me personally. Uh, I had the privilege of discipling this girl uh, for about a year, and uh, she was a mess back then, but <laughs> God did some good works in her. <laughs> Just kidding. She's been always good. Um, but she was a part of the Busan Church Plant team. Uh, she served at uh, Seaside Campus for about two years. Two and a half years, and she recently moved back to Seoul to be one of the intern pastors in New Philly. So now she's serving as Seoul at Hillside Campus. But she is truly an anointed woman of God. She definitely carries the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit, and she is also beautiful. So, brothers, watch your guard your heart. And um, yeah. Without further ado, let's welcome uh, Pastor Anna Rowe. Good evening. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very um, intimate tonight. Very intimate. Uh, there's a lot of you guys packed in. And what I like to do before I start preaching is just to greet your neighbor. But instead of like, hey, what's up? Don't do that. Okay. I think high fives are like a very cheap way of like physical touch, right? Give them a good hug and look genuinely happy to see your neighbor. Okay, so go ahead, hug your neighbor. All right. Okay. Um, so as Pastor Myung Ha shared, my name is Anna, and this is my first time preaching in Seoul. So I kind of want to introduce myself, share a little bit of who I am, because I don't know a lot of you guys. I, I've been in Hillside before, but, you know, over the two years, Hillside has changed. And a lot of people has come by, right? So I want you guys to uh, just be able to connect with me uh, since I'm the one holding the mic. Uh, so, yeah, I'll just share briefly a little bit about myself. Um, I was born in Korea, and I moved to America when I was five. So I'm from Virginia. And, um, yeah, VA. <laughs> uh, so in 2010, uh, I came back, or I came to Korea and after a year and a half of serving at New Philly, Pastor Christian approached me and he said, Anna, I want you to go to Busan. And I remember looking at him like, what the heck? Why? You know, and I prayed about it and I heard a very clear yes. So I chose to go and, you know, doing a church plant, it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. But is also one of the most rewarding things. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Pusan a little bit more throughout uh, my sermon, but I did want to give a shout-out to Seaside because I know Seaside will be listening. So Seaside, I love you. I miss you. And uh, I'm just so sad. <sighs> yeah. But uh, I'm very happy to be here as well. <laughs> um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so today I want us to turn to the scripture 
It is from John 15, verse 16. John 15, 16. And it's a very short verse, so we will read it together. Okay? John 15, 16. Are you guys there? Okay. Ready? One, two, three. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. All right, so I like the NIV version better, because when I first read that version, it just really hit my heart, okay? So I'm going to read it and just listen. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Amen. Let's pray. Yeah, God, I just thank you for your intimate presence tonight. And I thank you, Father, that as we come to Friday Fire, it's not just uh, a prayer movement where we just come and just talk and just really, you know, just pray for the things and just kind of go on into our night. But, Lord, it's a time to meet you. It's a time to encounter you. It's a time to be transformed by your spirit. So, Lord, I thank you that you are doing such a good thing tonight. And there's something specific that you want us to do in us tonight. So, Lord, we lift up your name and we glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, uh, in New Philly this past Sunday, Pastor Dan uh, came to our church and he spoke a message about Gilgal and how uh, it is it means a stone rolling away the stone, right? So, Pastor Dan, he talked about how God rolls away our shame. And uh, the you know, the thing that really hit me was when uh, he went into later of chapter 5 and talked about how the Israelites, when they entered the promised land and they started eating from the fruit of the land, manna disappeared, right? So we have here in chapter 5 where the Israelites, they're all in the wilderness and uh, they're wandering, and after 40 years, they finally come into the promised land. So this chapter is so important because there's a huge event that happens. Finally, after 40 years, they're able to enter into the land that God has promised. So it's, it's very critical. And, you know, like is the, the wilderness is a time of wandering. It's a time of being lost and just kind of going. But a lot of, like, cool things also happen. A lot of miraculous things happen. In fact, God says that as you wander through the wilderness for 40 years, your clothes will not wear out. Also, if you're thirsty, hey, you're in the desert, don't worry. I'm going to give you water. Boom, hit a rock, and water gushes out. That's cool, right? Um, also, manna came down from heaven every single day. That's like, that's awesome. You don't have to cook. You don't have to like, throw away garbage, whatever. You just go out, get your food, eat, and you're done. That's awesome, right? So a lot of cool things happened in the wilderness, but in that time, right, uh, God was giving the Israelites day-to-day blessings. So if you look at the manna, God says that if you try to collect more than what you need, then it's going to go rotten. In fact, you're not going to be able to eat it the next day. But you have to collect just enough. And there's something about this just enough blessing that limits you. 
when the Israelites enter into the promised land, the manna stops because the Israelites are able to eat from the fruit of the land. Uh, let's turn to Joshua 5. Actually, I think it'll be good for us to read it. Look at it with our eyes. Joshua 5, verse 10 to 12. Why don't we take turns reading it? So you guys read first, and then I will read. Okay? Are you guys there? All right, one, two, three. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. Okay, so I want to read verse 12 one more time. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And I feel like God wants to talk to us today about no more surviving, but thriving. God wants to take us from the wilderness of receiving just day-to-day blessings, you know, where you can survive, but he wants to bring us into a land that is plenty. He wants to bring us into a land full of abundance. So if God has already brought us into the promised land, how are we able to see that if we don't feel that? And I feel like the key to really unlocking your eyesight is your mind. So today I want to talk to you about three pillars that you need to establish in your mind. And in that way, it's going to change your vision. Okay, so the first pillar, if you guys are taking notes, that you need to establish in your mind in order to change your vision, in order to change your circumstance, is thankfulness. Okay, so a lot of people said that's good, but I think some people also thought in their heads, thankfulness, like, I've heard that all my life, be thankful, right? It's it's something that's like a trait that's a theme that's known all throughout the Bible. All right, be thankful, be thankful. And I feel like maybe some of you guys could have rolled your eyes. That's something that I do a lot, roll my eyes. But it's not a simple topic to look over. In fact, I feel like if you are not thankful and you complain a lot, that is the easiest way for Satan to rob you of your blessings from God. And in fact, thankfulness is something that God takes so seriously that he commands you to be thankful every day. Commands you to be thankful in every circumstance. And I feel like thankfulness, if we're not thankful, we need to make war on complaining. It is the easiest way for Satan to rob you of your blessings. And because of that, we need to make war. And it's something that God takes so seriously. So when I say be thankful, it's not something that I mastered. In fact, it's something that I always have to learn again and again. You know, in the beginning, I said that I went, uh, I got punched for a Busan church plant, right? 
and it's it's one thing to go to like a, a land that you really want to go to right so when i first about heard about sydney or even melbourne i was like oh snap australia that's so exciting like i really want to go there but i knew very clearly that i god wasn't calling me and busan when i heard about it like it was a land that i knew god was calling me but a land i really didn't want to go to <laughs> so by the time i got there like i was so miserable in fact for 6 months i was man i was like complaining left and right god why did you bring me here like it's so slow here people don't move fast enough uh people speak chatturi what the heck is that like why can't they speak normally you know like i was complaining like about everything why is it so sunny like why is the ocean so blue like like all of these things i was complaining right for 6 months it went like that and everyone that like saw my pictures like they're like oh my gosh anna Busan's so beautiful. You're so lucky. And I would glare at them, and be like, "You go then. Like you come here, right?" I, I was complaining like so hardcore. And I remember the shift, the shift, the turning point in my life came when I started to give thanks. When I learned how to give thanks. You know, God says, "Give thanks in every circumstance, when it's hard." But I feel like especially when it's hard. And I and I remember one night. <clears throat> I got on my station and uh it's kind of far like from the station to where I live my house and you know I missed my Maori bus my country bus that comes every 20 minutes so I was grumbling again like this bus takes forever this countryside right I was grumbling and I was like no 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 and I give things so I as I was walking from the station to my house no joke I touched every tree on the way every single tree and i as i touched it i i gave thanks for every everything god i thank you for this city god i thank you for the nine people that i know in this city that i see every day i love them right god i thank you for satturi god i thank you for uh tejugupa that's the staple food of busan it's really good uh god i thank you for this ocean i thank you that i have ocean view in my room God I thank you for the beach that people are able to come and just fellowship. I started giving thanks for every single thing. And it you know it didn't matter if I felt it by the end of the walk I felt it. By the end of my walk I started seeing it. Oh snap, this city is beautiful. Dang, this city is so loved. Then God sent me here because he wants to do a specific purpose and using he called me. He wants to partner with me. Right so I started seeing that and I and thankfulness has that power that power to change your perspective and as you are giving thanks you are releasing that power It says in John 15:16 that I chose you and appointed you You did not choose God God chose you and God appointed you So when you are thankful, you'll be able to see that I didn't do this Pusan church plan. I didn't go into this job. I didn't get this task. I didn't get this assignment, but God chose you. God placed you there because he wants to partner with you. The second pillar is vision. In the wilderness, the Israelites were only able to see day 
by day. But in the promised land, God wants to flourish you. In fact, he wants to see a future with you. And as he sees a future with you, he wants to establish you. And then he wants to build with you. And I feel like God's just saying, in this promised land, I want you to raise your eyes higher. In uh, Genesis 13, when God first calls Abraham. Okay, so we have in this chapter, um, Abraham and Lot. And uh, Abraham and Lot get so big, so prosperous that they have to end up splitting up, right? So it says in this chapter that Lot, he raised his eyes and he looked around and he saw, oh, snap, look at that land over there. It's so green. It's so lush. I'm going to go over there. And he chose himself to go over there. And as soon as Lot went away, it says in the word, but the Lord told Abraham, raise your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Abraham didn't raise his eyes himself, but the Lord told him, hey, look up. Look to the north, look to the south, from the east to the west, and everything that you see, I'm going to give you. So instead of raising your eyes on your own, God is saying, hey, look at this. Raise your eyes higher. Hey, look at this. Look where I've placed you. Raise your eyes higher. And in this promised land, his vision that he wants to give you is of plenty. Not day by day, not where he fills you and then it kind of stops, but where your cup overflows. You're walking in overflow. Uh, when, you know, I first moved back to Seoul after Busan, I finished my two-year commitment in Busan. God called me back to Seoul. And, you know, that, that requires a transition as well, Right. Um, so I got used to the slowness of Busan. So by the time I came back here, I was like, oh my God, there's so many people. <laughs> like, why am I herded like a cow inside the subway? <laughs> like, no one touches me in Busan, right? Like, it, it was so different, and it, it, like, exhausted me walking from place to place. Like, the, pol- the air is bad here. <laughs> in Busan, it's very fresh and clear. But, no, really, I just, I got shocked by uh, returning back to Seoul. And I remember I would go to my bed, like, exhausted and wake up like, God, give me strength. Like, I need strength and joy to go through this day. And I just felt like I was going day by day. And I felt like the only thing I could ask God uh, for each day was give me strength. And then I was running out. So the next day, God, give me strength again. Right, And one day God stopped me, and, and he just said, Anna, this is your promised land. I am not giving you just a little bit of strength for each day, but I'm giving you an overflow of strength. I am moving you from strength to strength to strength. Look how I'm overflowing your cup, not just a little bit. I am bringing you out into a land of plenty. And as God chooses you, he appoints you, he says, hey, I'm sending you so that you might go and bear fruit. You know, when God gives you a vision, when God wants to build a future with you, when God wants to have you grow and prosper, he's saying, I'm going to give you fruit, but not just any fruit, fruit that will last. Fruit that will impact generations. Fruit that will leave a legacy. When God called Abraham, he said, hey, come into this land, and I'm not just going to call you a father right now, but you are going to be a father of generations. People before you, children after you, will know of your name. Fruit that will last, he promises. 
So the first pillar that God, uh, I feel like God wants us to build in our minds is what? Thankfulness. And then number two, vision. And the third one, it's not a word, but a phrase. Step into the grace. Step into the grace. When God calls you, God chooses you and he appoints you, he gives you a grace to do it. You are not on your own or you're not going to do that with in a, just a mediocre way, but he gives you a grace to do it well and to thrive as you're doing it. As God appoints you, he gives you a grace so that it can take you in a whole new level. Um, and I feel like in, in this way, like, Sonship is very key, right? New Phillies, uh, one of the core things about New Philly that we don't even say because it's so core is sonship, right? Sonship. <laughs> and um, there's a verse that really strikes me every time a uh, PC tells me to do something or like a leader above me tells me to do something and I, f- I, I have a temptation to get overwhelmed. This verse really like steadies me. And it's Psalm 27.4. It says, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. So what that is, is um, I see like PC as a warrior. And like darts or archery, whatever, right? He shoots it. And in his hands, we are like arrow. And the job for PC is for him to hit the mark. And as the father, he will hit the mark all the time. The only thing you have to do is stay sharp. So if you are sharp, you will always hit the mark. And um, I remember the first time I, like, really utilized this verse was when mm, I got called to be service team leader in Busan. And Pastor Caleb, he sat me down, and he was like, Anna, I want you to do service team. I was like, okay. He was like, no, no, no. I want you to be leader of service team. And I looked at him, and I was like, do you know who I am like service team, um, other people served me. <laughs> hey, don't judge me. <laughs> but really, like that's how I start. That's how I grew up, kind of. Like I'm the oldest, so I always had my brother and my sister. Hey, don't judge me though. Like I always had my brother and my sister be my servants. So, <laughs> like I would sit down, and then like I'm sitting in the living room, and the phone phone rings, and I really hated answering the phone. So I would yell like. Like upstairs, my sister's in her room, like, get the phone, right? So she has to come running downstairs and she picks up the phone and then she looks at me. She's like, why didn't you get it right next to you? Right? Like, I just didn't like doing stuff. So, like, just people really took care of me. I got really taken care of. So, when um, Pastor Caleb told me to be service team leader, I really, like, I looked at him in shock. Um, and. <laughs> I got really challenged because how am I supposed to, like, learn how to be a servant but also lead people under me as well to have that characteristic that I felt like I didn't have, right? So it was just personally just very challenging. Um, and every time I felt so unsure, every time people came up to me, like, uh, to ask me questions about their own lives, like shepherding, all of these things, Times when I felt so unqualified, I would always remember, hey, pastors Caleb and Mina appointed me as service team leader. Not anyone else but me. And because of that, I have the grace to do it well. 
And I have the answers to give them because God is speaking to me. Because they appointed me. And not only did Pastor Caleb and Mina appoint me, PC above, above them appointed me as well. Right? So it really, like, played into my sonship and reminded that it's not on me. Like, it kind of is, but not really. Because God gives you the grace to do it. And one of the greatest aspects of really demonstrating this is in the mission field. Right? You have to be ready no matter what. Like, if your preacher, team preacher or team leader tells you to do something, you can't say, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't think I'm qualified. Like, no, you better go do it. Right? And um, I think... Man, the greatest example of this I saw on my team personally was Chisu. Where is she? Oh, Chisu. Um, so she was, man, she said something that really blew me away. She said that she learned every mission trip that she's been on, uh, learned to do everything and learned to do nothing at all. And that just meant like, hey, be ready to do every single thing, but be okay with not doing anything as well. And I remember um, the, that night I was preaching, and when you're preaching, you have to be in charge of, like, the order of the service and everything. So five minutes before I went up, I went up to Chisu, and I was like, hey, I want you to share a testimony. And she's like, okay. And then uh, things got canceled. So two minutes after that, I was like, hey, don't share your testimony. <laughs> and then a uh, couple minutes after that, Pastor Marcus went up to her and was like, hey, prepare this dance. Like, it was just one after the other, and every time I looked at her, she was unfazed. And I just realized this girl, man, she knows what grace is about. And every time she did something that she was appointed to do, she did it well. Like she rocked it. And I was so proud. It just really showed that she knows how to step into the grace that God calls you, right? And I feel like it says that as God chooses you, as God appoints you, he says, hey, you're going to go and bear fruit. But if you still feel unsure that you don't know what you're going to do, then you can ask me. Ask in my name and the Father will give you. You have that grace, but you can still ask, God, give me wisdom. God, give me grace. God, give me joy. And he gives you that invitation, ask. Ask me and the Father will give to you. You know, as, as we establish these pillars in our minds, God wants to take you from surviving to thriving. And God wants you to step into the promised land mentality through thankfulness, through vision, through stepping into grace. And as you do that, you're going to flourish. And as you do that, you're going to see the blessings around you, how to build, how to order your life in wisdom, how to live your life to the fullest. Um, I want to close by prayer. So everyone can close your eyes. You know, if some of you guys are like me, there's just a lot going on in your life. A lot of things you have to do, a lot of emotions that you might have to walk through. There's just a lot on your plate. And there's that temptation to get frustrated, 
temptation to get overwhelmed. Temptation just to just just to survive this day. Let me just finish this day. And you just lay on your bed exhausted, just wanting to go to sleep. But you know God doesn't call us to live lives like that. God wants to fill your days with excitement. He wants to fill your days with adventure. He wants to fill your days with color. He wants to brighten your life. And as you live that kind of life, other people will see that and say, "Hey, you have so much going on, but how are you able to live like that? How do you carry yourself like that?" And that's when you say, "Hey, I know a man. I know a God. He chose me and he appointed me. And he wants to choose you too." And I feel like that there's an anointing here tonight. Anointing of a mindset to see the land of plenty that is before you. And I want to release that anointing. But before we do that, I feel like, you know, first things first. If you guys have been complaining, if you guys have been grumbling, even if you've been annoyed a little bit, I feel like God's just saying, "Hey, that's not who you are. Get rid of that." That's not how I see you. Get rid of that. You don't look good in those clothes. Take that off. So I just want to give you a time just to confess to God of your tiredness, of your complaining, anything like that, and then I'm going to close for us. Okay? So take this time to personally just lift up your prayers to God. Yeah, God, I just thank you that you are a father that longs to bring us into abundance. You're a God that loves to show us the land of plenty. So Lord, we just step into that right now. And we just declare, Father, that things of the past will not hold us any longer. We declare, Father, that we are new creations, God. People that love to give thanks to you for every season in our lives. People that love to see the things that you see. And people that love partnering with you in everything that we are appointed to do. So Lord, we I just right now release your grace to see the land of plenty. I release your vision, God, to see the land of abundance. And I thank you, Father, that every day every day is so fun with you. Every day is so full with you. And every day is filled with opportunities with you. So Lord, we give you all the glory and we we just want to live more and more and more in your presence we thank you for who you are in Jesus name i pray